Welcome back. You're watching Traders Corner and joining me as always is Garth McKenzie, founder and editor of Traders Corner. Garth, welcome. Hi, Juliette. Garth, uh, it's a f well, just under two weeks to go uh, to futures closeout, which in a way may be a bit of a nerve-wracking time for you because if the market stays where it is, we'll do quite nicely out of it. That's right. Uh, it's, it's actually just over two weeks, but when you take the trading days into consideration, it's okay. about 13 yeah. trading days until the futures close out. Um, the close out is on the 15th of March. So, yeah, effectively two and a half weeks, I suppose you can say. In terms of where the top 40 sits at the moment, we are looking at it being right in our sweet spot for our option structure. You can see the chart of the top 40 uh, futures over here, and then on the right-hand side, that's the payoff profile of our put spread option structure, which we entered earlier on this year. This structure expires on the 15th of March. So if the market can just hang around more or less where it is now, um, within you know relatively tight band, we probably will make, or it's looking possible that we could make our maximum profit. But obviously 13 days in the market mm. is a long time and anything can happen. But for now, technically speaking, 51,000 is support, 53,000 is resistance. We smack bang in the middle of that zone at the moment. And uh, as you can see, our uh, most profitable zone on this top four uh, put spread structure is the area between 51,500 and 52,500 and that's where we would make over 12,000 rand on this structure so for the time being that's where we are at the moment which is is good news but uh, two weeks you know Thirteen, 13 days is a long time in the market. Although having said that the, the wild swings that we saw in the beginning of the month seem to have petered out and you know what are the odds that we actually just kind of dribble along until yeah. then. I, I suspect it's quite a quite strong odds that we'll just chop around sideways from here on out. You're right that the volatility has come down. We saw that massive volatility spike in the beginning of February when the market saw that, uh, what was it, 12% pullback into the beginning of February. Uh, it now seems as though the volatility has subsided and the market is relatively calm again. So the suspicion I have is that we could actually continue to chop around in this sideways band. It, and hopefully we do for the next two to three weeks because that would actually be ideal for our structure. Yeah, okay. So um, we cannot bank those profits, alas, yet. Um, what about a recent trade, which um, I imagine m might have given you a couple of sleepless nights recently because it initially it started, um, it looked as if it was working out very nicely, but then all of a sudden there was a rally in the iron ore price, which of course affects Kumba iron ore. Yeah, that's right. Last week we went short on Kumba iron ore based on the technicals that I'm seeing here. Uh, so just to revisit those quickly, I saw a head and shoulders pattern that had formed over there. You can see that's quite classically formed. And the price was pushing up against the underneath of the 50-day moving average there. And there were long tails to the downs, uh, to the upside rather on the daily candlestick patterns. And those typically indicate that there's selling pressure at the higher levels. And my sense was that that head and shoulders pattern was valid and it points to a lower target of 300 Rand and possibly even a bit lower. Mm. Now, the pattern is still valid at the moment, but you're right that it has caused a little bit of uh, unease I suppose over the last couple of days because the iron ore price has pushed higher it's pushed onto a 10 month high at the moment and that's meant that the price of Kumba iron ore has also pushed upwards but having said that our trade parameters are still valid at the moment we went short last week at 342 rand and we shorted 80 CFDs and uh, the stop loss there is 370 rand so it means effectively it means the market needs to push above the 50 day moving average quite convincingly in order to to trigger that stop loss and my target to the downside is a minimum downside target of 300 Rand. Now obviously where we sit at the moment I am a little bit uneasy about mm. it but I, I'm inclined to sit with the trade for the moment and see if the if the price continues to hold below that 50-day moving average then I think the the head and shoulders structure could still be valid 
And I think I want to just give it a little bit more time. If it starts to trigger our stop loss, well, then obviously I'll get out. I mean, but is the stop loss at that 50-day moving average exactly? It's a little bit above. So, okay. yeah, the 50-day moving average comes in slightly below. Um, 370 Rand is an area that I chose when I entered this trade. Basically, it was the high of that week's trade that I was looking at. And I'll continue to stick with that stop loss. If the market starts to trade above there convincingly, then I will look to exit the trade uh, and, and won't negotiate or argue with the stop loss we never do in this in this business and on this show we're always pretty vigilant when it comes to adhering to stop losses but for the time being the stop loss hasn't been triggered so i'm going to just give it a little bit more time and monitor it very very carefully yeah um, and the strong rand should actually be helping a short position in kumbal that hasn't really kind of offset that um, stronger iron ore price uh, no it, it, it hasn't that's it and um, you know you're right that the strong rand does tend to act as a headwind for these type of resources plays but i think there's been a, a little bit of positive sentiment towards these things lately and, and particularly with the iron ore price pushing up in the last few days yeah. that seems to have overridden the, the strength in the rand okay so something to watch obviously very closely mm. Garth um, what about uh, a trade in fact it was the first trade I think of the year um, and that was um, uh, in the offshore portfolio essentially uh, a bet that bond yields are going to rise um, yeah. just tell us how that's working out um, because it has worked out very nicely mm. but are you going to stick with this for the longer term which was your thinking at the yeah. start of the year? Yeah, for now, I am sticking with it. We're, mo we're monitoring it very closely. So what this is, it's, a, it's uh, an ETF listed in New York that tracks uh, the inverse of bonds. Now, I know it's quite complicated, but th there's a general view and a general consensus view out there that uh, U.S. bond yields are likely to continue moving higher this year, which implies that bond prices would come under pressure. Now, this is an ETF. It's an inverse ETF. What that means is that if bond yields rise and bond prices fall, then this ETF rises in value. So in a rising yield environment, you'll find that this ETF actually pushes up in price. And that's exactly what has happened to it over the last two months since we went into the trade. You're right that it was the first trade of the year that we did. We did this in the, towards the end of January. And the, the rationale at that stage was that I, see, as I saw an inverted head and shoulders pattern on this ETF. It was starting to break above the neckline of the structure over there. And it looked to me like technically it would go higher and fundamentally also I, I felt the case was strong mm. for bond yields in the US to rise and hence we would see the price of this ETF increasing in value and that's exactly what has happened. At the time I did say that it's something we might look to hold for the whole year. Um, I, I, I'm somewhat still of that view but I'm going to just be monitoring it very very carefully. It has worked out pretty well for us I and mean, we went long of 135 CFDs, of, uh, not CFDs I beg your pardon, shares. We did the underlying shares here yeah. of, of this um, exchange traded fund. We bought them at $19.23 and the stop loss was far away at $17. And I didn't have a particular target in mind because I felt the price was likely to move higher. It has done that. I mean, you can see it's been up north of $22 a share this week. Uh, I think what I'm going to be watching very, very closely now is the area $21 where there's some lateral support. If the price begins to break below that $21 level, uh, then I'm going to probably look to close this, keep the profit that we've got and perhaps look to re-enter it if we see a little bit of a pullback. Mm. By and large, I still think this is something I'd like to hold a core position in for the rest of the year on the premise that I still think U.S. interest rates are going higher. But they're not going to continue in a straight line. There well, are going to exactly. be, there'll, there'll be opportunities where these things moves, uh, move around. So to my mind, this ETF remains a buy on dips 
looking out in the next couple of months. Because it's, it's not as if interest rates are going to be constantly hiked. Uh, and if they're only hiked maybe once or twice this year, then I, I sort of wonder how that affects an ETF such as, as this one. Yeah, remember this is a long-dated bond ETF. So we're looking at 20 years plus. Uh, yeah. So long-dated treasuries here. Also keep in mind it's a leveraged ETF. So it's got three times embedded leverage in it. Um, so it's, not got, it's, it's got something to do, of course, with interest rates in terms of the Fed, and they're expected to raise rates three or four times this year. But also this more actually looks further out at longer dated bonds, uh, at particularly 20 plus years uh, Treasury uh, yields. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Garth, what about this week? Uh, two stocks that you're going to watch, but not take any action on just yet. Yeah, that's right. We're looking at Coronation and at Woolworths as possible tra uh, trade setups for the week ahead. So this is something I'm going to be keeping my eye on, not necessarily entering a trade right now, but I may well enter a trade in one of these two stocks or even both of them in the week to come, depending on what happens here. So the first one is Coronation. Uh, what you can see is that the share price has been trending up since December. Quite a nice move to the upside. There's overhead resistance there at 82 Rand per share. And the bottom upward trend comes in at about 79 Rand. Uh, there's also the 50-day moving average down below there, which provides a bit of support. And if you look at the daily candlestick patterns here, you can see long tails to the downside on each of those daily candle patterns over the last few weeks. What that implies is that the buyers are very clearly evident at the lower levels. Every time the price comes down, they push that price back up. Now, that type of setup typically resolves itself to the upside. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying here is I'm, a, I'm looking for a potential break above 82 Rand resistance here. Now there's one of two ways that I could play it. Either I could look to buy weakness towards that support zone at 79 Rand a share. I think that's the more aggressive stance that I could possibly look at. Or alternatively, if we see the price starting to break out above 82 Rand through that overhead resistance, then I could look to buy that as well. And I think that if, if we start to see the price moving out through 82 Rand, then it opens upside into the upper 80s, possibly even towards 90 Rand. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd wonder what the target is, um, because it's not, you know, a, a coronation isn't necessarily a share that tends to do dramatic things, although having said that, between December and um, February this year, it actually has been a fairly uh, yeah. dramatic performer. Yeah, it's done quite well. I mean, it, it, it trades enough to make it viable as a trading stock is enough volume around and, and certainly the movements can be big enough to warrant a trade okay. we've traded this stock once or twice in the past successfully um, and it is one that i like to keep an eye on and it, it is a stock that if you are you know of the view that equity markets remain buoyant which is debatable but if you do believe they're going to remain buoyant then this is the kind of stock that would actually do quite well in that yeah. environment the other one that you're watching is woolworths um, and that also seems to have perked up a bit um, since the results came out uh, what a week, 10 days ago. Yes, it has perked up a little bit. I think also a lot of the bad news is, is baked into the price in Woolworths. I mean, we know that this is another one of these South African companies that's gone overseas, gone to Australia, having a tough time. But a lot of bad news is baked into the price at these sort of levels now. Uh, technically, what I quite like about it is the fact that the price seemed to bottom out in November and it has been trading in an upward sloping channel since then with a pattern of rising highs and rising lows. And also, what's similar to the coronation setup, actually, is that there's an overhead resistance level here at 68 Rand per share. That overhead resistance goes all the way back to June of last year. Mm -hmm. And you can see each time the price is bumped up against that 68 Rand resistance, it seems to have come into a bit of selling pressure. But at the same time, every time the price pulls back, it's pulling back to a higher level. In other words, the buyers are stepping in at a higher price 
and propping that price up. So when, when this resolves itself eventually, the likelihood is that it's probably going to resolve itself to the upside. And from that point of view, I think there's a fairly good probability that we'll see a break above that 68 Rand resistance in the not too distant future. And that'll probably see it pushing on towards 75 Rand. The thing and is, I where would you look to, to buy it? Well, again, there's two ways to play this. The more aggressive way would be to look for weakness towards 64, 65 Rand into that area, look to buy any weakness towards there and then effectively get on board for a potential break above 68 Rand. Or alternatively, the more conservative way to play it would be to buy a breakout through 68 Rand and then look for the move up towards 75. And, and, and if you were doing the latter scenario, then you'd probably just set your stop loss a little bit tighter than on the former scenario. So one of those two. And, and, and as I say, these are two stocks that I'm going to keep an eye on in the week ahead because I, both, I think both of them are looking quite interesting f as a potential trade setter. Yeah. Okay. So no action per se this week. Uh, what does the portfolio look like? Pretty much unchanged, I would imagine, then from last week. Yeah, not too much different. Look, our South African portfolio has come off a little bit because of the mark-to-market losses in the Kumba uh, share price. We're still sitting short there. So our South African portfolio is up 7.5% as things stand. And that's taking into account the theoretical profit on that option structure. And to keep in mind that is a theoretical profit, I can't lock it in just yet. So <laughs> we, 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 we continue to watch that very, very closely. And then the, on our offshore portfolio, this hasn't changed very much. Um, we've made a little bit of money over the course of the week based on that Treasury ETF where we've ma we're making some money there. We're up 3.9% for the year to date on the offshore portfolio. So that's still looking out fairly good for us at this stage. Yeah, And then Gast, just a, a reminder to people how they can subscribe for a weekly alert. Yes, you can go to traderscorner.co.za and go to the middle of the page and you'll see that there's a, a link there for a free weekly email. Click on that, enter your details, it'll take you literally 30 seconds to register and uh, then we'll send you an email each week detailing what's coming up on the show for that week. Great, Gast, we'll leave it there. Thanks as always for joining us. Gast McKenzie is of course founder and editor of Traders Corner.